Last week, we started a series called My Family. It's going to last quite a while, but that's just because there's a lot to go through. And like I said earlier, we, we said, hey, we're going to be talking about this word called culture for the next seven weeks. And the first culture that we went over was that we work hard and we play hard. And that is our culture. And that is what we strive for. But today, we're going to be moving to the next one. And the title of this series is The Culture That We Go the Extra Mile. That's the second culture that we have. And we'll throw it on the screen for you guys. And if you're taking notes, that's the first thing that you want to write down. You can say culture number two if you want. We go the extra mile. Now, most of us know what that means. It's a phrase that a lot of us use. There's a gas station named after Extra Mile, in case you guys didn't know that. And with all that said, what you may not know is that it originated from Jesus, actually. It actually did. The phrase of people going the extra mile originated from a quote that Jesus said. And we actually have it recorded in the Bible. And that's not an opinion, too, because when you look at the resources and, and you look at the dictionaries, and you look up definition of extra mile for, you know, what the phrase means, it says this. So this is an adept, uh, I'm sorry. It is um, making more effort than is expected of you. And then right below that, it says an adaptation of a commandment from Jesus. So if you want to reference that, I'm not really going to go there. But it's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. I'll just look it up. Let's see. You know, I should have I should have marked it. Now you guys know how slow I am to get to pages on the on the Bible. Chapter five. Okay. So Matthew chapter five, verse forty one. This is this is what it says. This is the quote that they stole from Jesus. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. That is literally where we got that phrase. Hey, go the extra mile. Hey, I'm going the extra mile. So I thought that was just interesting. Because we all know it, but the origin is just a little intriguing. But even with that said, the first question I want to ask you guys is even if you know what going the extra mile means, why do we even want to do it? In the Bible, 
it says that if you're told to go one mile, go two. So what we can take from that text is the fact that people will put us in a standard and put an expectation on us. And what Jesus is saying is don't let that be enough. If you're told to do this much, do this much. That's a very general way of explaining what Jesus is saying. But the question that you probably should ask yourself first, if you're going to even do this or think about doing this, is why the heck would I? I get told all the time to do this, and me just accomplishing it is something to be celebrated. So why the heck would I not just accomplish it, but even go further? And as Jesus says, go the extra mile. Well, the first thing I'm going to tell you guys in answering that is... Your impact, when you go the extra mile, starts to become significant after you pass the expectation. And you may not realize that because your mind, mind might be jaded in, in another way of thinking. But I'm going to say it again because there's a lot of truth to this statement. The reason why we should all go the extra mile and step into what Jesus is telling us is simply put this way. The impact you make starts becoming significant when you do. When you go the extra mile. And if you've already connected the dots, that means that if you're just doing the expectation... The significance is very little or non-existent. And I know that might be hard for you to hear, but it's true. I'm not saying you're not making an impact. But I'm saying if you want a significant impact on anything, it starts when you start going the extra mile. And we're going to talk about that. I'm not just going to tell, tell you that. And then move on and be like, yeah, like, sounds good, right? Let's start with an example to kind of back this up. And I'll use myself first. Many of you know that I'm a three-year vet at McDonald's. All right, I served my time. All right, I made it out alive. Huh? Good stuff. I don't know what, but it's good. Okay? <laughs> yes. They do, give, they do give medals at McDonald's. But if you don't know that, I, I have, uh, that was my first job. That's actually, that was like the last piece I needed in order to like start dating in like my head. I was like, I need a job, then I can start dating. Boom, got a McDonald's job, started dating my wife. So when I started working there, they usually send the guys on the grill and then the girl's up front. And especially because my face didn't look that good. They're like, yeah, you definitely want to be on the grill. We don't want a lot of people seeing you. Okay? Part of that's true. 
But, I mean, they didn't say it, but I kind of connect the dots. I mean, all the girls are in front. I'm like, all right, come on, you can just say it. I mean, they look good. I don't. But anyways, I, I was on the grill, and, and I started learning everything. And once I kind of got my feet wet, I pretty much, uh, on a regular basis, worked night shifts. Now, I love night shifts over morning, but that was kind of my rhythm. I'd, I'd get there around 5 or 6 p.m., and I'd leave um, the earliest around 11. The reason I'm telling this to you is we're a 24-hour McDonald's, and most of them are. And because of that, at 9 p.m., 10 p.m., we had to clean everything. Like, we're not closing so we can take a couple hours to clean and then reopen. We had to do it while we were still open. So we had to be very efficient in how we cleaned because we were making food and also trying to clean. And everything was, was pretty much like a normal process, but then there were the grills. And everyone knew that those were like, that was like the beast of cleaning. It took two hours to clean all the grills, and no one wanted to do it. And so I eventually told one of the, like, leads of the shift, Hey, you know, I want to learn how to clean the grills. Can you show me? He proceeded to, to kind of show me the ropes. And the only way I could say what I did next was I was, like, addicted to optimizing how to clean the McDonald's grills. And I won't get into too much of the detail because, I mean, we can't take forever on the story. But... As the years passed, I surely, um, even though slowly, I, I, I effectively chipped the time down little by little. And by the time I left, the, the total, and I timed myself. You best believe I did. The total time it took me to clean both grills and my manager would come and inspect them and make sure they weren't done horribly was six minutes and 37 seconds. So I, over the past three years, took a standard of two hours and chipped it down to six minutes and change. That's crazy. Yeah, I was. And what I, what I want to tell you guys is, all they wanted from me was to clean the grills by the next two hours when I started. That was it. I didn't need to do anything else. I get paid hourly, all right? I'm not getting, like, like a $10 little bonus if I finish it in an hour. The only reason I would do that was to go the extra mile. And here's the thing. 
I go back to that McDonald's. And every single system that I created on how to effectively clean those grills is not only used today, but it's used at all the McDonald's in the district. Yeah. And I can tell you that they'll still reference me as the person that revolutionized how to clean these grills. And it's not, it's not even a burden of, okay, the next two hours, good luck, grill crew. It's a, hey, you have about 10 minutes max, start cleaning the grills. Guys, what I did at McDonald's is I didn't just take the standard and then grab my paycheck after. I went the extra mile, and because of it, I made a significant impact. And I believe that for the years to come, I will still have my mark on all of the surrounding McDonald's. And I don't have any doubt about that. Thank you. Now, that is one example. But what I'm here to tell you is, it applies to everywhere else. I'm going to say it again. Because there's power in this, guys. If you do the standard, you're almost like the movie um, Bugs Life. You know, where they say, they come, they eat, and they leave. That's it. They know what their routine is. And if you do the standard of what's expected of you, that's all you're going to do. But if you go the extra mile, listen here. Your impact starts to become significant. And dare I even say meaningful. Guys, you don't just have to come and go to whatever you're doing in your life. The world is going to tell you that that's all you need to do. Hey, if you just meet, if you just meet this bar, you get a gold star for trying. The world is going to tell you that, hey, just live up to this and you're going to make it by. You're going to be all right. But what Jesus is saying, guys, he's saying, hey, that's not enough. It's not enough for you to just do what you're expected to do. He doesn't want you to come and then go. He wants you to come. Leave your mark and then go. There's a big difference. And guys, with that said, there's two things that are going to happen to you in your life. You either are going to be remembered in places that you go or people that you meet. And everything that you, you're either going to be remembered or you're going to be forgotten. It's one or the other. 
When we look at Jesus, he didn't need to do anything. But he did. He went as far as dying on the cross for us. That wasn't expected from him. You think we saw Jesus say, hey, just so you know, we expect you to pay for our sins. And hopefully that's okay with you. He didn't need to do it, guys. But because he did, not only did he leave his mark, but he was remembered for it. And he's going to be remembered for generations to come. Why do we do it? Guys, if you're still asking yourself that question, and if you don't want to do it because Jesus told us to do it, let's just, let's just hypothetically go down that road. If you're still there, we're like, Zach, I get it. Jesus told us to go the extra mile. And I can see, I can see why you're saying that, the significance of it, but... I don't want to do it just because Jesus told me to do it. Guys, if you're not in that place, do it to be remembered and not forgotten by people. Do it to be remembered by the, to the places that you go. If not for Jesus, do it for yourself. I mean, come on. No one wants to live their life, go six feet under, and then people say, who the heck was that guy? Right? Where was he buried again? We don't remember. Right, that's a little foul. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say it right now. But, I mean, come on, guys. Let, let's, let's seriously listen to what Jesus is telling us. And if you don't want to do that, then just do it for yourself. In order for us to identify how to actually do what I'm talking about, the first thing we need to do is identify the standards that we have put in place. Now, I can't go through your life, in your family, in your school, and so on, excuse me, and say what those standards are. You're going to have to do that on your own. We don't have enough time for that. But this is what I can do. And this is what I can focus on. What I can tell you is what the standards we've put in place for revival. Because if we're going to go the extra mile and we're going to be a people that goes the extra mile in revival, the first thing we need to do is identify what the standard is if you don't know what the expectation is how do you go beyond it right is it one mile is it two three maybe four ah six too much that's too much we're doing cost country at that point but let's talk about the standards okay let, let, let's see let, honestly let's just look at last week okay some of the things we talked about. One of them was respecting worship. The standard that we have in place 
is that when we worship, to respect the time. Or what about the sermon, right? When we talked about that, we said, hey, the standard that we expect from you is to listen to the sermon, and that's it. Have open ears and just listen to what the person teaching is saying. That's the minimum. And we went through all, all the stuff. We did. And we don't have enough time to go through all of them because I'd just be kind of merging into last week's message. But we did. We talked about, hey, what do we do when we're on? That's how you can identify what the standard is. And when we look at the flip side, we can then start moving into the extra mile. Because we're not just respecting worship, but we're getting into a place where we can actually praise Jesus and put ourselves in the best spot to do so. Because if I just wanted to respect the time of worship, I'd walk in, I'd sit down wherever the heck I wanted to, and I would just be quiet. And I have filled the standard of what it looks like to do worship. I'm respecting the time, and I'm not going against it. But we're not a culture that just does that, guys. We're not a culture that just comes, eats, and leaves. Guys, what Jesus is calling us to is to come and leave your mark. To go the extra mile. So when I'm walking through that door and worship starting... I'm going to put myself in a position around the room where I can either sit down or close my eyes and open in prayer and say, God, I give this time to you and let your will be done in the next 20 minutes. Now, you guys have seen me do it when we start on Wednesdays. But what I can tell you is I do that every single time I'm about to worship. I put myself in a position where I can pray to God and declare that God, for the next X amount of time, I want it to be about you and no one else. God, can you just meet me there? Can you help me get to that place? Because I got a lot running through my head right now. Guys, that's going the extra mile. When it comes to sermons, it's not just finding a seat, sitting down, and somehow not going on your phone. 
so you're not distracting. It's going the extra mile and saying, hey, I, I'm not just going to listen, but I'm going to write down what I'm hearing and write down my notes and my thoughts. I'm going to listen to what is said and I'm going to think about it or talk about it with people I know throughout the next week. I'm not just going to come eat and leave. Just like the movie, guys. Going the extra mile is identifying the standard and going one step further beyond it. Unfortunately, we can't go through everything. I hope you guys can start connecting the dots of how to do that with everything that we do here. Because that is our culture. That is the people that we are. And guys, what I want you to do is I want you to stop looking at the standards as the most you will achieve. And I want you to start looking at them as the minimum. I'm going to say that one more time. Because, because some of us need, need that to be ingrained and, and heard. There's power in it. One more time, guys. Come on. I want you to stop looking at the standards in your life as the most you're going to achieve. What I want you to start doing is look at them as the minimum of where you're going to start. Zach, I technically didn't distract anyone during worship. I'm okay. Zach, I was respectful during sermon time. I mean, what else do you want from me? Guys, I want you to not be okay with the minimum in your lives. That's what I want. You can do it here, but I don't want it to just start here. I want it to be used throughout the rest of your lives, guys. Thankfully, this is a safe place to start step one because you can mess up and we're still going to love you. You can try to go to the extra mile and take five steps back and say, hey, that's okay. Let, let me help you in that. Thankfully, you're in an environment that's going to help and support you step into that. So as you graduate high school and as you grow up, the culture that you live by and step into is always not doing the minimum, but letting that just be the start of where then you can start going the extra mile. The sad thing is, guys, there's not a lot of people, doesn't matter the age, that have fully not just understood this, but implemented it in their life. And you know what's worse? they're not going to have a significant impact in the majority of their life. That's hard to say, but it's true. 
Guys, I don't want that to be you. What I do want is the same thing Jesus wants. If someone asks you to go a mile, then go too. That's what I'm asking. And I guarantee you, you can call me back 10 years later if you want to try and prove me wrong. I can guarantee you if you do this and if you, if you start taking steps to start going the extra mile and make that a cultural in your life, you're going to have a significant impact on not only everyone you meet, but every place you go. And all the people that say, Zach, that's not going to change anything. What do you know? The only people that are going to say that are the same people who will never go the extra mile and figure it out themselves. I'm going to say that one more time because you're going to hear haters in your life. They'll be like, you don't need to do this. You're dumb if you do. That's not going to change anything. Why go the extra mile? Guys, if you start hearing that in your life, and you will, you can know that the only people that are really saying that, for the most part, are the ones who never have gone the extra mile in their lives. And they just don't understand the significance it can really have. Guys, when you start going the extra mile, people start noticing when you're not there. That's true. This is, this is more of a fun example, but I love it. If you guys haven't watched The Office, you really should. But there's an episode where um, a key employee gets fired. And I don't want to do spoilers in case you haven't seen it. And the boss, for the next week, is starting to tell his employees, like, hey, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but things are different. I mean, the plants are dying. Like, things on my desk are, are, are getting all messy. What's up? And what they realized is that the employee that was fired would come in early and do all of that stuff. He'd water the plants. He would literally go on the desk and, and individually set up. Everything to look nice. Not because he was expected to do it, but because he went the extra mile. And because of it, when he left, people noticed. And guys, the same is true for you. 
When you start going the extra mile, the cool thing is people take notice when you're not there. And if you don't, they're not going to know the difference. Not in the sense of who you are, but the impact that you made. So what does that look like? We talked about it. We answered the why. The logistics of how we can identify the standards we have here and then go the extra mile. But what does that actually look like, right? Guys, as we start closing up, I want you to look at the standard and I want you to start identifying, hey, what's one area in this group that I can start going the extra mile in? Maybe it's a schedule thing. Maybe it's something where you come early and you're saying, hey, how can I help? Maybe it's a sermon thing, like I said earlier, where you sit down and say, hey, I'm going to start taking notes from here on out. Maybe it's a prayer thing, where instead of you just receiving prayer when maybe you want and maybe you have the courage to do it, but you say, okay, now I'm going to start asking people if they want prayer. Maybe it's a small group thing. Maybe it's during small group, you starting to take the lead on some of the questions, and you start facilitating it. Whoa, 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 Zach. All right, I tracked you all the way to small groups. You want me to, by extra going the extra mile, start taking lead on the discussion? I'm not a leader. That's not my role. I can't go the extra mile with small group discussion. I'm 16 years old, Zach. That's the last thing I want to talk to you guys about. There was a leader I had um, when I was your guys' age in high school. I, I went to this youth group, and I also went to South Hills. Um, their youth group was on different days, and I double-dipped. Call me a traitor, but I love both. Um, so at South Hills, um, th there was this small group leader I had, and... I remember sitting down with him and him saying, hey, Zach, you know, I really see this gifting in you. And I know you, you said you wanted to be a youth pastor, but I'm just trying to figure out, like, why aren't you leading the small group discussion? Why aren't you taking lead on it if you want to be a leader? And I was kind of taken aback because I was like, Mark, I'm not a leader. Why would I do that if, if I don't have the title? And I'll never forget what he told me. He said, Zach, you don't need a title to start doing something. You don't need a title to start going the extra mile because no one is going to tell you to do it. 
That's the purpose and the definition of going the extra mile. It's doing what no one is telling you to do. So just like small groups, take initiative, guys. And I'm not saying that you have to be the next small group leader to start going the extra mile. You don't need to be the next prayer warrior to start going the extra mile. But don't let what you're not titled to do stop you from doing it. 